You're tuned in to Positively Terrible. I'm producer Dan, and each week my buddy Scott and I discuss surviving and thriving after trauma. It's a journey that started when Scott, his wife's fiance, and her boyfriend walked into a bar. This week's decent human being is Scooter. He's got a fucked up story about the collateral damage following his father's death. Settle in, my terrible listeners. Today's episode is going to be Positively Terrible. Hey, Scott. Hey, Dan. How are you today? Man, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, So first of all, I want to say a big thank you to all of our guests and listeners so far. And I realize that we've got about, I think, 13 guests lined up, uh, five or six booked right now, which I think is incredible, especially for being such a, a new and small uh, podcast and but frankly I, not a very good podcast <laughs> this podcast sucks uh but i what i do want to say is uh, i i have a little bit of a panic thinking about the day that we start running out of those guests so uh i don't like to sit here and beg for likes and shares although please like and share the podcast um uh, but I will say that I, I, I want to encourage all of you, if you know people, if you yourself have topics, trauma, things that you have gone through that you want to talk about, we really need to start making sure that we've got enough uh, terrible stories to keep this podcast going long term. There's no panic, no fear of that now, but is the, the more guests we have lined up, the easier that is to do. So week after week, Scott's calls will become more and more desperate. <laughs> <laughs> they, they certainly will. Um, I'm going to start getting people to tell stories about that time they failed a test in fourth grade to, just to get some traumatic callers on the line. So there's that. Please share, like, uh, make sure that people know that we're looking for interviews. Uh, if you are thinking about it and aren't quite comfortable, there's nothing wrong with getting in touch with us and just talking through it and seeing what the process is like and if it's something you'd want to do. Uh, So that said, you can contact us and please contact us at podcast at positively terrible uh, to email Dan and me or podcast at positively terrible dot com. (laughs) Yes, the dot com is important. And then you can uh, contact us through our social media, the Instagram, Facebook are both at positively terrible. Uh, You can send us direct messages through there. So that is everything I need to get out. And we've got a guest today. Uh, I met Scooter here about a month back, and he's become a listener of the show and wanted to be on. So welcome, Scooter. How are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, man. Super excited to have you here today. Just kind of want to dive right in and ask you, what what, what made you come on today? Um, other than the thousands of dollars that Scott paid you, which he's willing to do for anyone that's going to come on the show. You have no proof of any of that on paper whatsoever. <laughs> the proof is in your bank account. <laughs> that's right. That's Nobody right. else has access to it. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, my mom and dad live down in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. Um, and uh, two about two years ago and change, uh, my dad uh, found out that he had stage four uh, bladder cancer. 
Oh wow! Okay, and it happened it happened rather quick. Uh, otherwise, very healthy, seventy-five-year-old man, uh, still chopping wood. Uh, well, he probably shouldn't shouldn't have been uh, taking stuff up and down the steps uh, in very rural, you know, Charlottesville, and uh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, he went to the doctor, and the prognosis was that he had about ten months. Oh, wow. Now, after that, after that, it had been, you know, long story short. He uh, was well enough for about eighteen months or so, mm-hmm. um, and then it just, it just it was a quick, uh, debil- you know, debilitating disease that took him. Uh, I d- did a visit, and he was well. The next visit was not so much. A couple weeks later, um, by the third time I went down there, and as I was trying to make up for lost time and and help my mom with whatever she needed, uh, she. Uh, he couldn't really talk. He was, he was barely awake ever. He was, he was resting all the time. And then the fourth time I went, uh, down, uh, was the day after a, um, a beer release that, you know, my friends and I had, had, had brewed. And, um, so I was up on that high. It was great. And, uh, I didn't realize that that trip in particular was going to be the last one. So, uh, he was at home in hospice, uh, at the house and, uh, passed in, in the afternoon and i think the recoil of all that uh has just fucked my shit up man <laughs> and and it's yeah. uh i believe it it's uh uh i've thought of everything from finitude to you know what we have left here like our na- our days are numbered uh to uh if not now then when kind of kind of stuff kind of daredevil shit you know i've thought about um, hurting myself and, and not, and not being around, not j- for, for pity or anything like that, but just yeah. because I, like, I just want to end, I want to break to, to how I feel. And, uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of self-medication in there and, you know, and finally I got it all, I got it all worked out and, and, you know, Scooter, I, thank you. I, I would like to step back just a little bit and ask you like, to, to describe your relationship with, with your dad. I mean, was it always a close, smooth sailing type relationship? It's it's one of the most asked questions, but it's one of my favorite questions. I love my dad so much and we had a great relationship. Okay. I can't even tell you, he's most certainly the kindest, most polite, okay. hardest working guy I've ever met in the room. And uh, uh, he just instilled so much really great stuff in me where uh, it was it was the work ethic it was ha- how we treated each other how we work hard how we enjoy our you know harvest they moved down there about 20 20 some years ago and i feel like uh i stayed in baltimore and i've just kind of put my nose down and and worked super hard and mm. and a lot of that stuff that he taught me about taking it easy it doesn't matter you know you you can't you can't change those things. Um, they kind of went to the wayside. And so um, with Gus dying, that stuff is kind of re- resurfaced where we're in, a, in, the, in the best way possible. And where I think the, the, the silver lining of him passing is, is the reintroduction of uh, treating myself well, treating others well, being polite, you know, working hard, but still giving yourself time to rest. You have to, you know, kind of rest yourself before you can help others and, and that right. kind of thing. Um, well, you've got to put the, what they say when you're on a plane, you know, if, if the cabin decompresses, put your own exactly. mask on first. Yeah. Yeah. And, absolutely. 
that's one of the things that I struggle with. And I put everyone else first at times or try to solve the world's problems. You can't do that. You got to be in a good place yourself before you can do that. So Scooter, what did you, what, how did, what did you bond with your dad over? He was actually one of the most religious guys I've ever met. And, uh, we talked about faith a lot and, Mm -hmm. uh, we just, uh, love of action movies and, and just uh, a lot of really cool dad stuff. You know, he did teach me, teach me how to fish. We played catch a couple times, but like, you know, it was, it was a lot of the like intellectual talks and just like catching up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when he was being treated up in, uh, like at the VA in Richmond, um, I went down unbeknownst knowing that like, he's going to be like in the same area. And, uh, uh, you know, my mom said, Hey, you know, he's at this hotel. I didn't know that. And, you know, long story short, one of my best memories, uh, before he passed was us going to the hotel bar somewhere off of Arthur Ashe Boulevard mm-hmm. at a, at a Ramada and, and had maybe two or three Miller lights each. And we talked about everything and I didn't, he it wasn't much of a drinker. We never really shared beers like that. Maybe we uh, he had a beer when we ate crabs, or um, you know, if it was a real hot day, he he bust open a Coors Light. But you know, not to the extent that I'm like just a, a beer, a big beer enthusiast, and that's essentially like my career and livelihood. But uh, we talked about everything, and, it, and there's a a picture uh, that I I have framed at the house that it's just he and I sitting on the bed, and we sent that to my mom, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I made it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, go to this beer release and this and that. I know I'll see him again, but, uh, I don't know. It, I, I'm really glad I kind of seized that one. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, I had that. That's awesome. Like, do, do you have a, any like favorite memories like growing up? Sure. Like I remember him coming to a couple different soccer games when I was super little, um, shit, I don't know where to start. Like there's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, so yeah, they moved down and I st- uh when I was still in college and they essentially retired and uh I stayed for my fame and fortune in Baltimore and and uh um so I kind of resented that honestly um because I did I tried to make it every holiday after that and you know as years passed it came it became just the bigger holidays and and that and then a lot more sporadic and not 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 going on flag day is what you're saying no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to do Easter, then then rush back there for you know uh, Memorial Day, and because sure. that's my like right around my birthday, and then you know his birthday was last last Sunday. It's Father's Day today, and, and uh, um, you know we, we just had like he taught me how to like grill, and like he had this huge like uh, like flat you know oven thing outside that we that we uh, like never mastered but we were just like i don't know if there's more oil on it and and uh that kind of thing <laughs> you know my my wife uh when we were still dating we uh went down to visit and that was the first time that he met my parents so my dad was still he was working at a at, at a salvation army through a, through an outreach program and he was still out so it's just me and my mom and 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 my wife and uh he came home we were playing before he came home, we were playing, we we're throwing around a football in the, in the yard, went behind this like wood stack and she crawled underneath and got it. And we had this ridiculously huge splinter in her finger. And, uh, the first conversation that my dad and my wife had was him 
<laughs> putting his, gla- his reading glasses on and, and pricking this uh, the splinter at her. <laughs> I'm sure he had to pull a few splinters from from you. And- straight, yeah, yeah. For, like it was, it was pretty serendipitous. It was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was the first time. Yeah, sorry about that. Can you? Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And, and like, and that's that's how we bonded. And, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. I like that. Some, some great stuff. I took him to a couple of wrestling matches uh, uh, when I was little. I, I won a, um, a uh, like a radio contest and won two tickets to this like uh, big wrestling fan. By the way, I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about like professional wrestling, WWE yes, style, uh, not a hundred percent. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds not like, like a, local... a high school wrestling match. No, no, and I wrestled in high school too, but like, yeah, we didn't like do like you know elbow drops or anything like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, like I won a contest and it was two tickets and I was like 14. I was like, can you take me? You know, I, I want you to go. And like we we just had this the best time. We went to a couple more after that over the years. And uh, I know he didn't like it and he would just laugh. And, and you know, uh, I was really into it. But he was just like, he's like, this is the, the biggest adult circus I've ever seen. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's what makes it the best. Like, the world is such a fucked up world. But like that's- this shit brings me so much joy. It's 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 insane, man. Yeah, so, so. No, I, I do have to interject and say that Neighbor Francis was on episode two about his cancer diagnosis. Uh, he very frequently changes the flags he has flying outside of his house. Uh, you know, it might be an American flag. It might be a pride flag. Uh, it might be a Wu-Tang flag. Literally, sometimes it's a Wu-Tang flag. On Wednesdays, flag. I'll lick it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, for a while, I, I'm not sure if it's still out there. I, it, it I was at it, your house last week, and it was. What, <laughs> what is, is it a Ric Flair flag? It's a Ric Flair flag. <laughs> oh, my God. Where do you get that? That's, that's my guy. That's a, it's like, good. I, 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 you can see, I got, I got a couple tattoos of uh, wrestlers and Ric Flair's Ultimate oh, Warrior no, in here. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Dude, no. yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that. That's awesome. No, that that's cool. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, for just to be uh, perfectly honest, I wasn't a big wrestling fan when I was a kid, but, but Junkyard Dog was my guy. Uh, Junkyard Dog. I, yes. What was his, his entrance song was uh, Another One Bites the Dust, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So no, uh, no, that sounds really cool. Um, and you know, one of the things that you said when you were describing a, I, and I can't even say it the way you did. And I don't even know the exact words, but the way you kind of, when you said that you had to ask about the splinter, you're the way you said his reaction just sounded like a super kind man. Um, he was everybody's dad. I feel like, uh, um, and it just went like without question, like always just put everybody else. He was a people pleaser times mm-hmm. a million. Like, I feel like <laughs> I'm a pretty big people pleaser, but like, he was just like, he's like, I, I remember there, you know, we, we would be driving in the underpass and we saw a homeless man and, he, and we would double back and, and make him a big like plate of food. And like, ultimately he worked oh, wow. at the Salvation Army. That was one of, he was, he was the director of like the outreach program there. That was one of his last, you know, last, uh, you know, paying jobs before he decided to, you know, not work anymore. And uh, yeah, I mean, he <laughs> it was just uh always there for a text, always there for a call. I remember I, I had a driving job much younger in my career as I was still bartending too. But I was like, this is the absolute worst job I've ever had. But like, I remember mm-hmm. getting lost. And, you know, even though he was like 200 miles away, he'd help me. He's like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, that road in Baltimore and, you know, he'd help me out and we, or we would just talk about nothing, you know, and, and he yeah. would, he would, he would keep me company. And, uh, um, but he, <laughs> 
compared to my mom, like he was, he was a lot less offended if I got busy and I didn't call or, sure. you know, it's like, it's always like, call your mom because <laughs> like, she worries about you. But, uh, dad's like, you know, let, let the boy live his life, man. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he's got, he's got a wife and a house and, and he's just trying to do his thing too. He'll calm down, you know, okay. that, sounds but, like, yeah. that, that sounds like a special relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when you were told that he had been diagnosed with, with stage four cancer? I do. Um, and as a bit of a background, um, the disclaimer is I love my parents very much. I love my mom very much too. And my sister, I have a, a younger sister. Uh, when we were growing up, my sister was always like, mom, I need a bandaid or, you know, it was always like, that you don't need a bandaid. Like, <laughs> like it's <laughs> like just overreacted. My mom was just always just like, Oh, did you hear that your nephew has a fever? I'm like, all right, he's got a, he's got a freaking fever, you know, this and that. So like, it's a, uh, they were very like, just, uh, I don't know, accelerated reactions. I don't know if it's a kinder word, but like, just kind of like, not, you know, uh, what is it? Hypochondriac, but, uh, but very much just kind of like, many times blown out of proportion, jump, you know, jump to the worst case scenario first. Is that, yeah, is that kind yeah, of exactly? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so. So my mom was like, Hey, do you have a minute? And I was just, it, that could always mean a million things. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm driving home from the gym. Like, like, give me a second, and I'll Facetime with you, and and this and that. And she's like, uh, so I finally get home. Wife is at work. I'm uh, um, sitting in the kit, standing in the kitchen, just kind of making lunch, and I'm talking to her on my on my phone and stuff at the same time. And and she's like, she's like, uh, I want to tell you something, and you know, I don't want you to overreact. And I was like, this is really weird that you're, 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 call, you're telling me to do this. And, right. um, she's like, uh, she's like, your, your father, um, if I, if I can be candid, uh, your father went to the bathroom and, uh, there was blood in his urine. And, uh, so he decided to go to the doctor and I was like, okay, so you didn't call me right away when that happened. And I'm fine with that. You know, like you so say, you, you're not, jumping the gun immediately, but, uh, right. they essentially waited until they came back from the doctor and, uh, he said, uh, they went to the doctor, then they were referred to another one at the VA up in Richmond. And I was like, well, I didn't realize you were in Richmond, which is, you know, it's a four hour drive to my parents' house, but only a two hour drive to Richmond. So, which is actually really nice, you know, so, sure. um, I can, I can meet them in the middle. Um, and they said that, uh, your father has been, diagnosed with stage four bladder cancer and i was like i was like is he okay he's like he he feels fine you know uh but it is metastasizing throughout his body and uh he's gonna have some discomfort and then i was like so what does this mean he's like uh your father has on the lucky side about 10 months to live and she's like, are you okay? I was like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was a very numbing feeling. And, um, mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And I downplayed it. I was like, okay. Um, all right, well I gotta go, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And I, I just remember like grabbing my like running shoes and just going for a run like without headphones or nothing, man. Like, and I'm usually a big, like, I, I like to run a lot, but it has to be, I've turned around before uh, when the, when the battery runs out of the headphones or, you know, that kind of thing. And I just, I ran, I ran for like two miles. And I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing right now. Right. Um, so I decided to come back home and, and, and text my wife and, and try not to ever interrupt her at work because she's important much more important than i am but uh <laughs> I, I will disagree with that but go ahead <laughs> but uh uh 
she uh i was like can you talk and she's like yeah what's up i was like all right well can you facetime or you know can we video chat and she was taken back when i told her and uh, i was like uh but the doctor says it's going to be okay and and like um just as the the preface the the rest of the interview i guess uh my dad is the most religious person I've ever met. And he's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I think it's just my time. You know, I think it's, uh, he was always, con- he was always convinced that like the second coming and the rapture was going to come in his lifetime. Uh, so very, just like not as re- I was very much not religious as, as much as him, you know? And so he's just like at very much at peace with like, he's like, Oh yeah, just my time. I think I'm done here. You know, and like my, my, my mom is like freaking out and, and, uh, she's just like, you know, they've been married for 50 some, you know, close to 50 years at this wow. point. And, um, uh, um, I pretty sure she moved out from her parents' house to, to move with him. And that was it, you know, that was essentially it, you know? Wow. Um, so yeah. <laughs> how, how old were, what were they when they had you? They were, uh, so dad was 77 when he passed. So, and I'm 43. So it's like 35 and 30, I think. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. My, my parents were a little younger. Uh, they, they, I was, I grew up in the middle of the cornfields in rural yeah. Illinois. And okay. you, you typically go to high school, you get married, you have kids. So my parents were in their early twenties. And I, I think now like at 43 years old, my age, 44 soon, mm-hmm. uh, my sister and I were out of the house already. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think back to like how I knew them and knew them as an adult at the ages at, at my age now. And it, it, it it's gotta be such a different experience for me um, than, than for you. And, and I, I'm not leading anywhere with that. It's just something that I think about a lot when I, Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. They, they, they moved down and retired because, uh, and I was so happy for them when they did that, but I still had, I had just moved in with a buddy of mine from a restaurant that I worked with, you know, 20 some years ago. And it was one of the first times, it was the second time that I, you know, was out on my own. And, uh, um, so they, they didn't make it to my graduation, which, which is absolutely fine. It was just, I didn't really, I was contemplating not going anyway for, for my college or it wasn't really a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, they never saw my house. They never saw, you know, that, that, that we bought, you know, eight years ago they never really my dad just really didn't have any inkling to come back to the city um where we grew up and stuff like that and i get it you know that's where he just wanted to kind of go out the pasture and and you know just take it easy you know so um i think about that a lot and i think about how you know when i was much younger it was it wasn't much of a big deal to just jump in the car and roll down there every other week or so but now it's it's you know got a lot more going on you know sure. so it it was uh as my wife and i call it like we we got to go down and put money in the in the family bank <laughs> <laughs> and put put time in and so like we we put money in there it's investing we're good for a while uh mm-hmm. and then we got to go back and replenish you know yeah yeah so. Yeah, for, for sure. So you, you found out that he had cancer and went for a run and what was it like processing it after that? I had that in the back of my mind every single day, obviously. And, uh, I was, uh, at, at first, you know, he was feeling absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I really didn't think much about it. I talked to him every week and, uh, you know, in some way and just, uh, 
you know, check in with him and see if he's doing okay. He's like, yeah, I feel fine. And I was like, okay, all right, great. Um, well, it sucks you have cancer, man. But uh, <laughs> if you're feeling okay, then it's like, I think I think we're I think we're good here. Um, uh, and then a lot of life happened for me. I have a, a best friend that uh, I was blessed that he asked me to be his best man. I met him here in Baltimore at the gym that I used to go to. He moved out west to Portland, met a beautiful lady, and uh, decided to get married. So this was uh, uh, last year, and uh, Dad died on March 30th last year. He asked me to um, be his best man. I went through, you know, we decided to do the whole bachelor thing, and mm -hmm. it was just the three of us. We decided to go up to Vermont and, and Boston uh, to a whole bunch of breweries, and uh, I didn't realize that I was going to have to leave early. You know, my mom was like, "You should probably get home and and say goodbye to him." Um, so I came back home early, like on a on a Monday. We're supposed to be there till Tuesday. I had a beer release on that Tuesday that we had worked super hard on with, with my other best, my, my best beer friend and brother, there's nobody higher. Um, I decided to go to that where I could have gone Tuesday morning. Um, and it was a gamble whether or not I was going to miss this and not be part of the, the, the beer release that we worked so hard on. Um, I decided not to go home on that Tuesday, I decided to go first thing Wednesday and shortly after lunch, he died that day. So, like in that whole that 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 five days, I was the best man mm -hmm. in charge of the bachelor party and making the the brewery appointments and stuff like that. And uh, had to leave early, rush back, kind of drop my bags off, and uh, do a little bit of laundry. Hit this uh, beer release real quick, <laughs> um, and I think it was a gift from him that he allowed me to see him before he passed. Mm -hmm. And go to the uh, the brewery launch. Sorry, I'm a little. <laughs> no, I. Uh, it's, I right, man. It's, it's, it's a lot, man. It's just sorry. for a little context, you work yeah. in beer professionally, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm a bartender. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, for anybody that hasn't worked in a brewery, a beer release on a collaboration like that's a big deal. That's a one time thing. It was a yeah. It's a Those big are deal. huge, huge, huge deal. Release days. I have uh, a a bit of a passion project where uh, it's it's a it's a drinking club that. Uh, gets together and watches wrestling matches and soccer games. And we just do bottle shares and, and uh, we just enjoy each other's company with no pretension whatsoever. And, you know, we're having a good time and, and that's what it was. And, and so this was, you know, my logo was on all the cans. We, I helped brew it, the brew, the, the day of the brew, we canned it the day of the canning day. And then, you know, a big bang up party uh, for all our friends and family to come and, uh, I was selling merch there and, and, you know, my wife was just like, do you think we should go? I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> stop talking to me. I, I just want to enjoy this. But, uh, you know, literally 10 hours later we were on the road and, um, I just think and feeling that was going to be my last, my last time. And, you know, I think he, we waited, we were, we were down there. Everybody is kind of doing shifts of, uh, watching him and making sure he's okay and, and, and getting him whatever he needed. Um, we went outside of that room, uh, the bedroom there where the, where the uh, dining room is. We had a quick lunch, hurried back in there, and my sister and I took the, the, the next shift afterwards, and uh, that was it. And uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't wheezing or coughing anymore, and we just went silent. And then we're like, oh, medicine really worked, you know, because he was on super heavy 
you know, just like painkillers and mm-hmm. just, uh, just things to let him like be more comfortable in his state. Um, and you know, my sister and I were in the room holding his hand when, when he passed, which is, um, it is a very surreal people lose relatives all the time and friends and stuff like that to see someone take their last breath, especially the, the patriarch of a, of a family or, or the head of any kind of, you know, to have that relationship and to see them go, I will, that's something I'll never forget. It was a gift to see him, um, leading up to the time, but, uh, I should have said sorry for that one time I was, I was an asshole when I was 14 years old. And, and you know, um, I will never be without a memory of thinking I should have done this, should have, could have, would have, uh, I carry a lot of guilt. I still do. Um, and it's, it's a year plus later. So, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> man, sitting, sitting there with his hand in your hand as a father, I would certainly prefer that than, wasting our time on apologies it was almost <laughs> no no i know that and like it was almost like a, we, were, we were joking we were it's almost like he wanted our bellies full uh before we came back in and so we break we broke for you know a quick lunch and we went in and uh i don't want to get graphic but i guess i will anyway for the sake of the story but uh sure. when someone is in a state where their their body's shutting down it's it's called a death rattle and it's a very it sounds like a coffee machine which kind of fucked my my whole like coffee program up for a while because it just sounds like a dripping like a and so like that and and um that is a sound you will never forget um it is also a sound that you will never forget um when he's been doing it for so long and then it ceases um, yeah so that's yeah like that is uh it was truly like you could hear him take his last breath, you know, and that was it. And, uh, <laughs> my mom or my sister was like, you know, put your finger underneath his, his, uh, his nose. I was like, Oh no, I will not be in charge of that. <laughs> and Dan worked as an EMT and paramedic. And, I'm sorry, paramedic. Uh, I, I was thinking both words and I chose EMT, but paramedic, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and you know, I, I'm sure he had some experiences and, I was at the house when my grandfather died and you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk uh, emotionally or anything here, but being in the room on the last day and seeing any human being in the state of, you know, he had stage four pancreatic cancer, I believe mm-hmm. it was. And to see him laying the noises, the eyes like glassed over, not knowing what he could hear or see and was just, I, that is something that I'll never get out of my head. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, that, you'll never forget it. And like, um, there's been everything from tears to anxiety to jokes being told. And, and, uh, you know, it's just the different stages of, of, of dealing with it and, and that kind of thing. But I will, my sister and I will never forget that. She's like, I don't think I drink coffee anymore. And I was like, no, I guess I, I didn't drink coffee for a good while. It's, it's the weirdest, most, yeah. I get that. And Scooter, I, you know, I, I, I want to kind of, Dan jumped in a second ago and I want to just agree with what he said. It, it, first, it sounds like you got a lot of gifts from your father. I mean, oh, yeah. even yeah. in his passing, the timing, the everything, it sounds like he gave you a lot. And yeah. I can't help but think that if he's watching down somewhere, 
that the last fucking thing he wants is for you to be worried about the things you didn't do or didn't say. A hundred percent. I, and I've heard that, uh, super kind of you to say that I've heard it a million times too. It a lot of times doesn't soften. Oh, I'm sure. I, and it's just, I think that's what's clinically wrong with me too. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it is guilt is a motherfucker, dude. And, and, um, just realizing that you you've become as you get older, uh, as as you mature, as as you see other people, and you're you know, I, I think bartending is a is a very on stage. Um, you got to be on no matter what is going on in your life. You have to check that shit at the door, mm-hmm. and and uh, it's just, I, I think with a lot of jobs it's like that. But like it's a it's a very uh, you have to separate everything. Um, so it's it's very it was it's been very hard to like check your emotions and keep them under wrap until that first beer hits your lips the, uh, after your shift, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's been tough. Um, I didn't, it, I, my dad wasn't fanatical, but like he, again, was like the most religious guy I've ever met. And so I, it was a lot of serendipitous things happened um, that weekend when I was there and, or that week when I was there, like he passed and the pastor of the church that we went to was coming up the steps and like, he's like, Oh, it's just coming in to visit. And he's like, well, you can say goodbye to him, you know, but like, like the, the, the timing was just super impeccable and weird. Um, and in the best way possible, but, um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's just a very like weird changing, you know, (laughs) Well, I, 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 and I'm going to be honest, I, I am welling up a little bit over here at parts of the sorry. story. I, <laughs> yeah. No, no, d- don't be sorry. This is, this is, this is great. I appreciate you being so open and candid and, and talking about this a little bit. So he's passed and what is kind of the aftermath? What, 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 what really stands out after the passing for you? Uh, total chaos for a little while afterward after that like mentally um and i tried to keep it in check as much as i could but uh there was a lot i remember we're uh, right before like just a few days before i was called back a little bit early uh we were going on a hike in vermont and i walked a little ahead and my two friends were behind me and uh this is still the bachelor party but uh I'm about 20 feet ahead of them and I just lost my shit. And I like, they're looking at the back of my head. So they can't, they couldn't see me like, just like losing, losing my mind. Um, I had no idea that I was going to get called back early, but like, it was just a release of everything. And I was like, I think I kind of needed that. Um, but in addition to all that, like I, I only took a few days off and I just threw myself. He died on a Wednesday. I was back to work on Saturday and that was probably a bad idea in hindsight. But, uh, um, I self-medicated a lot. I, I drank a lot. I, there, there were uh, points in time I could not wait to, to not work or get off of work until, and then just knew that I was going to get absolutely like to the brim, like completely wasted, you know, yeah. every single, every single, this is four or five times a week. And, uh, you know, that tapered off and then I would start mixing stuff and, and, uh, smoke a whole bunch of weed and then, then do that. And then, you know, just walk somewhere and like not where I'm supposed to be. And, and you know, I'm just, uh, did you realize that, that this was happening? I, I mean, were, were you conscious of that you were making decisions that weren't maybe the best for you? 
it's like punching a wall, I guess. So you don't realize it was a bad idea until afterwards. Mm-hmm. Was there a point where you started to come out of it and realize it was, or did you start, I mean, was it therapy? Was it self-reflection or did it just yeah. kind of wind down on its own? I was less enough to have uh, go through therapy a few months before he passed. And uh, so I, I was able to have an outlet where I could talk about that kind of thing. And, uh, uh, you know, he passed uh, therapy every week again. And so that was good. But like on the days that I wasn't in therapy, I was I was self medicating, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, I've experienced a lot of the same. And, you know, for me, working in the, uh, you know, the beer industry, the service industry, like, yeah, it's readily available, man. I mean, it's a hundred percent available and it's totally normal just to go and have beers after work, no matter what. Um, and to have more beers after that, totally reasonable. Um, you know, you got low fills or dented cans every day that you could just take home and it's not like you're spending extra money on drinking more beer or you go places where, (laughs) you know, all your friends are bartending or, you know, you know, people from, from the service industry are going to be there. And like beer just ends up in your lap. Like it, it it's yeah. incredibly yeah. easy and very difficult to regulate uh, for me anyway, in situations like that. And I, uh, yeah, so I, I, I feel you and I've been there and that's, uh, uh, yeah. it I seems mean, to be comforting when it's happening. Right. Um, comforting. Yeah. And, and like, I, I enjoy myself. Uh, obviously you get to a point where you enjoy yourself like before you start drinking i'm just like i am so sick and tired of myself i'm so angry at myself i am i feel guilty i am not happy uh i'm trying not to project this energy onto other people because that's the last thing you want i don't want to like lash out at my wife i don't want to do any of that kind of stuff you know what i'm gonna drink because I like being social with other people. I love laughing, you know, like we're watching stupid wrestling videos and that kind of shit. And it's like, um, we're, it's like nothing happened. You kind of forget it. It's just very euphoric and, and that kind of thing. But then, uh, you know, yeah, my shitty life is better when I drink. It, yeah, least. dude, 100, I, 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 I'm a very enjoyable person. It turns out that. <laughs> so when you were, when you were drinking, uh, to cover things up or, or, or whatever, were you being open with your therapist about it or did you even know it was oh, something yes. you should? Oh, you were. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, and she's like, how are you doing? I was like, well, I got pretty wasted the other night or, you know, and she's like, she's like, maybe just I'll try to dial back. It's like, and like, I totally know where we're going with, you know, when she tells me and I was like, no, I, I get it. I, uh, it just happens. I, and then it, it finally got to a point where I was like, I'm not aiming to get absolutely drunk because that was the goal first. Sure. The second goal coming out of this this phase was to uh, just have a few beers and then go home, eat something, and go to bed. But it would still, the conclusion would still be the same, where I would be absolutely blackout, or you know, it just, you know, it's like once you pop, you can't stop with me, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I get that. Uh, yes, yeah, I get and, it. And I will say, after my marriage and finding my wife's fiance and boyfriend. For the next several months, I did drink a lot. Like, and I'm not a big drinker. I'm not someone who cracks open a beer after work. And in fact, some there are times I'll go a month or two without a drink, not because I'm trying not to. It's just not a big part of my life. It's not a passion for me like it sure, is for you. Yeah. And 
during that time, immediately after shit went downhill, you know, I call it D Day. Um, yeah. I drank a lot, but at this point in my life, I don't even have regrets about that drinking. I think that was part of the processing for me. And I didn't make any, well, I, I had one night that I ended up in what was probably a dangerous situation. And uh, sometimes I think that I may have been drugged. Sometimes I think that it might've just been blackout drunk. Yeah. Um, combination but, of emotion and, and like whatever else too. But generally it wasn't like that. And, but I did drink a lot for me. And I'm just wondering, like, when you look back at that time, do you think that that was, any part of that was like what you needed at the time, some healthy processing, even if it was maybe physically not the healthiest choice. It was the easiest choice. Um, it was just a very like readily, it was readily available. Uh, I knew what the outcomes were uh, before the hangover. That was the best part, you know, but I'd wake up and be like, Oh my God, like these 400 calorie double IPAs are, <laughs> I'm not processing the, the way I used to 10 years ago. Uh, you know, the 24 hour hangover is absolutely authentic in, in my case. So like that, that, that definitely helped me kind of weed myself off. Um, but it was just, I was like, all right, so what do I do to not feel this way? Well, there's some cold beer and there's uh margarita mix in the freezer and, you know, so yeah. yeah, when the choices are, I can go through the hard work of processing all of these emotions and, you know, taking the weeks that it or months that it's going to take to go through all of this, or I can feel better right now. There's a very well, yeah. obvious choice, man. Do I, do I go downstairs and pop the fridge open or do I jump on a, uh, stomp on a, on a treadmill for an hour? Well, mm. I don't really feel like running today. So <laughs> there we go. I do, I do like going to the gym now. So like, I, I guess the outcome is, is, you know, I'm getting the the same, I guess, like endorphin rush uh, now going to the gym and there's a little okay. bit more of a balance. So there's not, you know, it was 90% alcohol and other uh, recreational, you know, things uh, and yeah. 10% at the gym. Now it's a little bit more on the 50-50, I guess I would well, say. I'll, I'll be frank, and I think I might even be speaking for Dan as well, is that for most of the last 25 years, you just described my life. Rather have a drink than than go for a run. <laughs> Ain't it great though, man? I mean, <laughs> you're lying. I don't even it's, drink anymore, and that's still my preference. <laughs> if you're if if you're saying otherwise, it's like saying that you're not peeing in the shower, man. Like, I <laughs> you know, it's it's all like right. we're all human beings. You know, like it's like there's no judgment here. You know, yeah. Well, I'm I'm at no risk of being a CrossFit guy anytime soon. So uh, at least I've got. Neither. At least I've got that going for me. Yeah. Um, so was there a point you remember making an active decision to to say, this is too much? I've, I've been drinking too much? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, when it started like affecting, uh, I'm a great day drinker on my day off so that I can, you know, just kind of. Dan always thought he was a great one too. <laughs> so that I can just kind of recover in time for work the next day or whenever it might be. When I would wake up, uh, I don't drink on the job uh, and I don't drink before the job, but I would wake up and, and be still drunk and I'd go to work or I'd, I'd be absolutely depleted uh, going to work where I have to like keep my emotions in check and that kind of thing. Uh, it, uh, it got harder. So I was like, all right, well, I need to figure out how I can take this emotion away. I started getting really bad, like 
depression attacks and anxiety attacks and like just all the time. And as a people pleaser, my job is essentially people pleasing. So I would get super stressed out about that. And um, I had a physical coming up and asked the doctor, I was like, is there something that can essentially act as, I don't want to go on medicine that's going to you know, make my dick limp or make me gain 40 pounds and just be super sad all the time. Okay, pleasure. you just described me again. <laughs> yeah. <gain> 40 pounds. <laughs> uh, but uh, is there something that can essentially act as like an asthma inhaler for my mental illness? They're like, well, have you, you know, you could do Prozac and, you know, long story short. So I decided on a go on a daily dose of Prozac and um, they're like uh, for the times that you feel absolutely that you must break the glass. Here's some Xanax and Xanax is something else. I will say that. <laughs> okay. Was uh, this your first time to medicate with? Uh, yes. Okay. At all, at all. Like with, the, it was just basically just like, uh, maybe I'll just take some St. John's wort and hope for the best or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, or go for a walk around the park and try to be just as like holistic as I could without putting any kind of like weird dopamine inhibitor or, you know, or, um, in my body. So, um, started on Prozac, um, kept on drinking the way I was and, you know, that little pamphlet that they give you with, uh, all your stuff. Yeah, uh, one day I was reading that yeah. and, uh, they were like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of like side effects. This is brand new to your body. So be careful. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's like throwing away the sunglass warranty. You don't really need that. Right. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, yeah, I basically just kept on doing, doing my thing. And, you know, a couple of the uh, side effects were like, uh, you will have vivid dreams. Um, that I, and I've dreamt everything from sex dreams from my first girlfriend to, uh, I, I remember a couple times after I first started using Prozac that I went downstairs cause I thought my dad was sitting on the couch, you know, <laughs> just wow. weird shit. Like, just like, I gotta get up and wife's like, well, you know, why? I was like, uh, dad's waiting downstairs. We're, we're going to lunch. And he's, and she's like, you, you gotta, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Never did any sleepwalking or anything like that, but uh, uh, yeah, just woke up in a panic, like I need to be somewhere kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And then also drinking, uh, you'll get there quicker <laughs> if you're mm -hmm. if you're on Prozac. So um, I guess this is the start of one of many stories, but uh, it was World Cup last year. I went out, and I'm a huge U.S. soccer fan, so. We went out and we're just the games at, I don't know, like two o'clock or whatever. We're just pre gaming, we're, we're post gaming, we're doing all sorts of crazy shit. At one point, we're in a bar after the US wins and we're got our t shirts off and we're Ric Flair chopping each other. And <laughs> we're just having the times of our motherfucking lives. And, right. and, and uh, there's a corner bar that is on my block, uh, like five doors down. And uh, I walked in. I should have just walked right past, uh, but uh, I decided to walk in on my way home, and uh, wife was already wondering where I was, and so I walk in, and I just thought I was like mayor of the town, you know, I, and sat down, and I think I did another shot, and sipping on a vodka soda or something like that, and I, uh, I was just being a real jerk, man. Like <laughs> I was uh, talking to the bartender, and they're wonderful people over there. I was talking to a girl, I was like. 
oh, you know, it's a girl bartender. And it's like, oh, what's up? I saw you coming out of uh, Dude's house right next door. She's like, that's mind your business, you know? And I was just, I was just asking really inappropriate questions. And then right. I, uh, a really great friend of mine uh, came in with her like new boyfriend and uh, I was giving him the third degree and I shoved him. Oh boy. And he, and he like fell off his, his, his bar stool and one of the male bartenders came around and he's just like, look, man, like you, you need to calm down. You know, her boyfriend got up and was smiling because he knew how fucked up I was. And I'm essentially pretty harmless. <laughs> like I'm a lover, not a fighter. So like this is completely out of, out of pocket uh, of, of me, of my, my regular characteristic world. So, um, I was like, all right, fine, fine, fine. I was like, I need to get, I need to use the ATM. Now I don't carry any cash ever. So I decided to use the ATM there and I'm just like, yeah, I might as well have been trying to <laughs> translate the, the, the Quran or something like that. Like, <laughs> like I, I know this, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And the bar right. and one of the, one of the regulars came off the stool. He's like, do you need help? I was like, ah, it's not giving me any money. It's like, it says it's declined. I was like, well, I know there's plenty of money in there and, blah, blah, blah. and I'm going back and forth and I shove him away. And I was like, get, get, get away from me and this and that. And, uh, I was just hooting and hollering to a point where everybody, you ever get to a point where like you're loud, you're louder than you think you are. And then everybody else kind of stops what they're doing. You're like, yeah. yeah. So that, that happened a few times. And, uh, you know, my, my, my friend who was there with her boyfriend, she started like crying. And, uh, at one point I, picked up a pint glass and I threw it against the wall. They're like, you got to fucking go. And, uh, they're like, we're going to call the cops. Everybody's looking at me. I'm like, get the fuck off me. Don't, you know, just like pushing everybody away. I'm like, I'm walking home. And they're like, you need to go home. <laughs> like, like it's to tell you what, I had to take a couple weeks off and, and like, you know, come back later and, and, you know, do, do us a favor and this and that. And, so that was that. I'm pretty sure there's some other shit that happened. Uh, then sounds like you're pretty lucky. You were in a, a regular spot though. Oh yeah, yeah. You, Everybody knew me. There's Which a lot of bars. Too. Yeah, there's a lot of bars. You would have gotten your ass kicked a lot faster. Oh yeah, and I, I thought it. I think I think I probably challenged everybody for a fight at some point that night. <laughs> I'm like, which I'm, I am not a fighter. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> so I walk home and like, uh, you know, I head off the next day and I sleep in. I don't even remember where, when my wife might have said goodbye or kissed me goodbye, but she. Apparently she was pissed off at me too. Uh, it was a mess downstairs. I think I ransacked the candy, the candy dish or something like that in my, in my drunken, like, uh, what's the name? You know, it's just, uh, just like a freaking tornado that went through and, and, uh, caused a whole bunch of harm. And I was, uh, I don't think I, I even told her how much I, I was, a how much I thought of a womanizer I was, uh, that night and just, just how much of a jerk I was. And well, you probably uh, felt some shame at that point, right? I, it didn't happen the okay. next day until like later, like that evening and then into that like following day. So like two, we're, we're two days after. And I, and then I, I had a delayed case of the beer, the beer guilt, I guess you can call them. Did it, did it uh, just come on on its own or did people talk to you and say, remind you or, or, or what happened? Why did it come on? A little bit of both. Yeah. People were like, are you okay? Like we didn't hear from you, you know, last night after, you know, um, after small tomorrow. Um, and I was like, uh, yeah. And I started kind of piecing stuff together and I was just like, and so uh, all those things I just told you started coming back one after another. And I was like, oh shit. 
And so I, I felt absolutely, I was like paralyzed with the guilt that I had. And so I went on my phone and ordered a huge bouquet of flowers and had them delivered to uh, said bar. And um, I was off that day when they were delivered and I was walking back from the uh, 7-Eleven or something like that. And uh, one of the bartenders was outside and she's like, hey, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh i was like oh man this is gonna this is gonna all right let's let's get this over with and she's like she's like those flowers are from you and i was like yeah yeah and she's like why did you get us flowers and i was like i i'm just i'm having a really hard time like i, I lost my dad and I, i'm so sorry for last night and she looked at me and she's like you weren't even there last night so none of that stuff happens none of that stuff happens. And, uh, I was like, I was like, please enjoy the flowers anyway, because I I've got to And so now still, every time I go into the same bar, I feel like something must've happened or, you know, it was like, I, I feel very like mindful of like kind of sitting on my hands every time I'm in there, you know, <laughs> where I'm, I'm getting, you know, food to go mm -hmm. instead of like sitting there and enjoying everybody's company. And there's other times I've gone in there also when I'm super drunk and, and just, uh, just go home, Scoot. You know, just like it, I've been absolutely harmless, but like it's time for you to, you know, like you're kind of tripping a little bit, and like just, uh, you know, I'm I'm just, sitting yeah. I'm sitting here with questions, and Dan's making a face that looks like he has a question. Um, yeah. So, so none of that happened. None of the complete assholery in the bar that was all like a wildly vivid dream yes. or something close to it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I have had dreams. Up story. Yeah, I have had dreams where, you know, I woke up guilty about how much I pissed my wife off in my dream. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's right. A like person. that has happened. <laughs> and, it, you know, once you realize, like, what a bullet I just dodged by that not being real. But yeah. like, I have. Wow. Like, that's a whole night that you remember vividly and clearly that yeah. didn't happen. And, yeah. and this is the the moment that started changing things for you. Uh, it w it was most, it didn't happen overnight, but it most certainly gave me, uh, the, uh, a nudge in the direction that I should have gone down in the first place. Huh. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. that, um, and do incredible. you attribute that to, you know, the, um, uh, the Prozac and a massive amount of alcohol together giving you crazy dreams or is there something more in, you know, also your general mental state? Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's a, it's a formula. I think it's those three that it, they mesh with each other and are like, Oh yeah, this is, this is what's going to happen. And it just shot out as like a projector and painted that picture of, 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 of all that stuff. Um, it's like I, the ghost of Christmas future. No, it really is. It really is. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I I've gotten drunk was... and we, yeah, I, I've gotten drunk and we've all done like weird stuff. So like, it's not, absolutely unbelievable that this stuff will happen because you know it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy like you said right like, so um i'm trying to be as mindful as i can when i am recreationally drunk and try to have a little bit more control i don't drive or anything like that but like sure. still it's like i gotta make sure that i'm not looking at like my <laughs> friend's wife like i'm you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. like water down my mouth or something like that like and i don't but like <laughs> these are these are all things that could have happened you know right. these are all these are all things wow. that could have, you I, know? I, so i <laughs> i'm gonna say i do you 
how do I don't even know how to ask this question. Do you think that you had a lot of guilt inside at that at that time for the amount you were drinking? Were there regrets that you had and it maybe culminated in this very vivid dream because you knew you were heading down a path or maybe some of those things happened in some way or another at different times? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, like I, there, there's been, I mean, probably for the past year and a half, there's a little bit of guilt, at least a little bit of guilt every single day. Uh, not so much now. Um, on a scale of one to 10, maybe like a two right now, but like 11 during that, during that time for sure. So like at any time, yes, there is a release, uh, when the beer hits your lips, but you get to a point where after the Balmer's peak, and and you're having fun you get to a point where you're just you feel guilty and you feel like a piece of shit and and, you know um the enjoyable part of getting drunk or intoxicated has worn off and now you're at in a pit of despair and guilt and anxiety and and depression and it's just amplified what you're trying to get rid of you know yeah Yeah. i just want to ask you like what did you learn from this do you have any advice for other people who are going through some shit ah man I have learned to appreciate a lot of um, – I'm not sure if the answer is what you're, what you're looking for. But like from drinking to excess, I think, is to be mindful of, of things around you. I think in general, I've learned uh, more about being more kind to myself and, and allowing a little bit more grace. And uh, I love that um, word, more grace. Yeah, and yeah. just uh, essentially, you know, just tr- treating yourself better, like treat yourself, just having a day where you can just like enjoy uh, the hard work that you put in or, or, or something, you know, just put a reward at the end of a week or, mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I've learned to profusely apologize, even if you don't, if you, if you <laughs> hey, sorry send, about that. Send flowers before you do something bad. So yeah. then it's that, that's your deposit in the bank. Yeah. Exactly. Right? yeah. And then when you fuck up, you can say, don't, I, I sent you flowers last month. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've thought so much about finitude and what we're going to do with the time that we have left and, 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 uh, just being able to, um, seize the the crazy ideas and execute because when else are we going to do it and right. and that kind of thing so it's a uh, man it's just i still you know, like love drinking socially and uh but i i am it's 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 a challenge it's a challenge not to get to that point it, it to, to stay at, at, a, at a level you know i guess in a box of enjoyment and then you know not go to a point where you think you're going to get into a, a scenario where you're going to make a scene at your favorite bar sure. or sure. uh you know do something else regrettable or or something like that you know yeah yeah and it's i mean it sounds like you know you you cut back on the drinking you're doing it mindfully which trying I don't, yeah. I don't, well trying to and i i don't think in my experience of drinking that wasn't necessarily ever in my mind I mean, the most was, I don't want to get, I don't want to be hung over tomorrow. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, that, that, and that, that's a motivator for sure, but it's, it loses motivation in the, after you've had a couple of drinks and want a couple more. So is there anything particularly you're, you're particularly proud of at this moment? I'm proud of looking back and seeing a completely different person 
even two years ago where I could, I did, I never wanted to take a day off of work. I never wanted to. And I think that just, that ended up being my demise. And it's like, I think I have a sticker somewhere or something where it's like, take care of yourself before you, you know, are taking care of yourself before you're sick, while you're sick or, or something to that effect. Sure, where sure. It's, you know, uh, it's, so like I'm, I'm being a lot more, people are just like, you know, you have to repair yourself before you can help others. And I just thought all that self-care, it was just a whole bunch of millennial bullshit, honestly. And, and, uh, looking back and, and, and giving it a, a chance, it actually, uh, it took my dad dying to, to realize that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, um, what a, what a gift that, that it has been. Um, I still have a million things I want to say to him and, and, uh, what I, you know, the things I, I'd like to do to him and show him and, and that kind of stuff. Um, well, Gus sounds like a great guy. And Dude, I, he was awesome, man. Yeah. I, I think that I would like to have a, a, <laughs> yeah. an opportunity to talk to the man. Yeah, man. Um, and you've used kind to describe him more than once. And kindness is such a huge thing. I, I talk about it a lot. Like in my opinion, the difference between kindness and being nice is that kind is genuine and kind yeah. Yeah. You know, looks at all the different factors and, and can't be faked. So it Somehow sounds like a wonderful I'm, I'm thinking like a little bit more before I punch that wall and, and <sighs> just like, just like physically and mentally, just like, you know, you know what, like, let's just take it one day at a time, which how many times have you heard that in your life? Like, and you're just like, right. shut up, dude. Oh, like, dude, yeah. all the bullshit, all yeah. the bullshit that you heard from your mom and dad and teachers and all of that that are so fucking cliche. So many of them are true. Some of the ones you think are the most bullshit, they're the truest ones. Yeah. Right? <laughs> some of them are bullshit until you need them. And then yeah. they might be yeah. true. Until too. it applies yeah. to your yeah. life. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, if they would just say, take it one fucking day at a time, asshole, I might hear it. But when they say, take it one day, at a, that's just too, too sweet sweet sounding to me and it's like oh that's lame <laughs> sometimes like you i might have a buzz on me and just be like what if you took it one day at a time I'm like well maybe i'll try it tomorrow and you do and you're like this actually does kind of work out a little yeah, bit, you know yeah yeah and, and one thing that I'm, i do want to say uh scooter is that you you mentioned guilt and sometimes regret is a word or shame that people use and all of that is usually from actions from the past and I very, very strongly believe that the human you are at the moment you make decisions, you're taking the inputs and the life experiences and the thought and everything that's going on at the time to make those decisions. So whether it's not visiting your dad enough or saying something that you wanted to say, you have learned and you've evolved and you've become a different human since then. But at that moment, you were doing what you valued or what you thought was best for you. And it's hard to go back and realize that that's not. But again, give yourself some grace and just realize that, hey, every day, you know a little bit more than you knew the day before. And sometimes it takes yeah. the passing of someone important or it takes the rock bottom when you're using alcohol or drugs. and. I know that I can't live this 100% of the time, but understanding that we are complex fucking people and there is so much that goes on. There's so much stimuli that you respond to every day. And sometimes it's a stubbed toe. Sometimes it's that you're drunk. Sometimes it's that your father passed and it's hard for your attention to be in all of those places at once and give yourself some grace, man. I'm, I'm sure it Thank sounds you. like Thank your you. dad loved the hell out of you and you love yeah, the hell man. out of him. And I think that's an incredible thing that not everybody experiences. 
I will, I will say, uh, when I was getting my prescription for Xanax, she was like, you know, a lot of times the therapy in this is knowing that you have it when you need it mm-hmm. and you don't even need to take it. I, I apply that to not just a, a medicine, but I apply that to like, I used to feel so helpless. Uh, and then, um, I started talking to a therapist. I started talking to my wife a lot more. I, you know, I just started being a lot more open because I, I thought for so long people just didn't want to hear about it. I didn't want to project any of that kind of stuff on there. But like, dude, the best thing you can do for yourself is talk about things and, and see a therapist and just like be a grown ass adult and do that, man. Like, that, that, is the, that, is, that is better than like putting the toilet seat down. That is better than doing any adult thing you could ever do. Like, like I highly recommend. And I was, I was so. I felt so attacked when my wife was just like, maybe you should see a therapist. I'm like, fine. You know, but right. yeah, man, oh, get was, a fucking therapist. We, yeah. we are huge advocates. Yes, yeah. please. And Dude. hey, I, last thing, and this is absolutely unrelated to everything we've talked about. Uh, you, I see your arms covered in tattoos. You got a favorite one. Oh man. Uh, I got me on the spot here. Uh, I'm not going to get up on the, on the chair, but like the, uh, while we're talking about my dad, uh, one of his big things was like, when you meet somebody, give him a firm handshake. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, used to, we used to prank him all the time and, and do the, the dead fish thing. So the, there's <laughs> oh, a, there's that, a, that I'll just... send it later, but there's a, there's a, uh, uh, there's a hand that has like a suit uh, jacket on mm. and he's shaking a dead fish on my, on my leg. So that's okay. one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I will also say that uh, my, uh, I'll, I'll get up on this one. That's my Ric Flair tattoo. That's probably nice. one of my favorite, absolute favorite ones. Hell yeah. So, Hell so yeah. between those two, and there's some Star Wars sitting there and there's, oh my God. All right. Well, Dan and you would have a ton to talk about up yeah. here, but we don't have time for that right now. <laughs> uh, and the, the reason, you know, I wanted to set this up first because you are covered in tattoos, but second is because I am planning on getting a tattoo very shortly that just says decent fucking human because we have decent fucking humans on this show. So if you want one more, I will pay for a decent fucking human tattoo on your body. And Let's rock and roll, man. Let's and do it. what I'm also going to say is this goes out to listeners too. Uh, Dan told me there's no way I'm going to get people to do this, but the first five people, five, I will pay for five more in addition to mine and Scooter's. To get a decent fucking human tattoo. Because I think we need to be branded over here. I I swear to you, it's not to start a cult. Wait, does branding count? (laughs) Well, branding. Yeah, let's get the the logo. I'm trying to pull up the logo and see. We can can, get that to work, man. (laughs) Well, if, but I swear to God, I will pay for five people, plus you, Scooter. You'll be number six and I'll be number seven. There it is. Seven lucky people. Well, I don't know if I'm lucky. Well, Let's it's like it 10. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your very own fellowship. <laughs> or cult, or some people call that like, you know. Yeah. No, no, I've got to put limits on this, right? So, right. I I mean, it's just words, so it shouldn't be super expensive, but I'm not paying over 100 bucks cuz you're probably trying to scam me if it's over 100 unless I'm out of touch right at this moment. 100 bucks, man. How much do you think tattoos cost? I've gotten my tattoos have all been a hundred bucks or less or no, not less, but Scott, not everybody's going to get a tattoo in a back alley. Whose basement are you in right now? Well, I'll tell you what, give me the receipt. I'm just trying not, and a picture of the tattoo. Maybe, and I maybe will pay size. It. Maybe it can't be bigger than three inches wide or something. Okay. Sure. Let's, I, I, I mean, you I we don't were, know what the details are. I feel like you shouldn't pay for a chest piece. No, oh, no, yeah, no, that's, no. 
Yeah, and oh, my, my, my legs and arms are, are absolutely covered, but I have nothing on my chest because I'm too much of a, of a puss about it because I've heard it really hurts. And there's nothing on my back either. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, kind we'll of the same way. Though. And I've got far fewer than you, but I do want to cover my arms as much as I can. And Let's I do it, will man. do this. I'm not joking. Uh, so listeners, please uh, get one, take a picture, send me that to me in the receipt. And if if I prove Dan really, really wrong, um, I will probably have to pick names for who would win uh, because I can't pay for like a dozen or 20 or 30 of these. But I want to make this a thing. Man, because- we've hardly gotten five emails for anything. If hey. you get five emails for this, <laughs> Dan, we I will are- be 100 percent proven wrong. And- yeah, 1000 percent proven wrong I'll is my say, goal. Here. All right. Right. All right. All right. I'll drop I'll drop one more if you get five more people. So okay. scooters in. If you get five more people and they all get it done, then I'll pay for my own and I'll be number eight. Well, all right. And oh. I'll tell you what, there are so many people that we've run into that have stories about people who are not decent fucking humans that I think we all need to kind of point ourselves out that we are decent fucking humans. Well, and it gives us it's I feel like it's aspirational. It gives us something to live up to. Yeah, everybody, everybody is capable of being a decent human, at least the vast majority of us. But sometimes we need a reminder. At least I do. I don't (laughs) mind looking down and being reminded of who I'm supposed to be or what I've committed to. I think that would be good for me. I know one of one of my tattoos says "chill," and it's it's backward or backwards so that I can read it like this. It's it's just it's just a like just a reminder. Like you know what? Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, so that that's great. And I am absolutely serious. I'll post about it on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I think it's time to, to wrap up Scooter. So uh, I will just say that this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Um, this is, this is awesome. Sorry. Oh, man, you were a lot of circles fun. a few times, but you know, yeah, for, for sure. And really enjoyed it. Thank you. And I'm always, I always say it that I'm, I'm humbled, honored. I, there are a lot of words that I could use and it's always, almost even a surprise that people will come on the show and share so openly with us, but it is something that I think, and and it seems like you do, that it's something that's super important to talk about stuff, to make sure people know that, Hey, mental health matters. And that, you know, if if you talk about it, be vulnerable, that it's going to help your life and get a fucking therapist. So Uh, get a fucking therapist. That should be another tattoo. (laughs) Uh, Well, we do, we do have that t-shirt for sale on the website. Um, Yeah, for sure. So anyway, Scooter is great. Appreciate you coming on. And as always, today uh, has been absolutely, positively terrible.
was nervous and stressed because I thought you were the best I was right. Positively Terrible is a part of the Terrible Podcast Network.